0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you'll be blessed by your time with us today. Wow, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. So I missed you guys last week. It's been man, it's been almost like a week and a half since I preached. I might have forgotten how. So you might have to, you know, kind of bear with me this morning. So um, thank you, Will and Jim and all you guys for all your hard work and appreciate all you guys. So um, Father, thank you for being so good to us and so kind and so gracious. We love you so much and appreciate all, all you are and who you are to us, Father. But, Father, I just ask that you speak through me this morning and get across what you need said. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we've been studying the life of Abram, who is now becoming Abraham, right before our eyes. He's growing up, right? Just like a little kid, just like growing up right before our eyes, right? And so, um, we left off and... And Genesis fourteen the last time and so I'm going to touch on this just a little bit more but um i'm I'm kind of excited about this message um, and it means a lot to me so I'm just going to start off and and um and share okay so we're in genesis fourteen verse seventeen it says after Abram returned from defeating Kedor, Kedor Leomar, and the kings allied with him. The king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shava, That is a king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now, time out. Like, I've been through Oregon, like driving down I-5, right? Anybody ever go down there, like going to California and stuff like that? and I run into a town called Salem, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, this is not the Salem he's talking about, right? <laughs> so, so he's not the king of Salem, Oregon, or Salem, Massachusetts, or wherever there's a Salem, but he's saying he's the king. But I love this word because it, it's saying he's mal-exotic. He He's the king of Shalom. What it's saying is he's the king of righteousness, and he's the king... Of peace and they're coming right off a victory where it looked like there was no hope and it looked like Abram had lost his his um, nephew right. It looked like there wasn't a lot going on, it, not going to happen. And he comes in and he like takes names and 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 like he's playing like I don't know like the Seahawks when they used to be good, <laughs> right? Comes in and just wipes them out right, helps them, and then all these kings are like impressed. Man, dude, you got some game, right? And so they're all meeting in this valley, and they're all coming up and saying, Hey, thank you, dude. We really appreciate it because you didn't just get what you got back. You got what what we needed back, too. And here's something that we we don't realize is everything that we do affects someone else. Every choice we make, every step we take, everything, in some way, one way or another, it can affect someone else. So, So our intentions are really are really important. And so Abram, he's like, like I'm going to get Lot back, but because he got Lot back, he blessed them too, right? And so here the, the king uh, of, um, of Sodom comes down. But wait, let me finish up here with, 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 with Melchizedek. Now, why is Melchizedek so important? Well, the Bible says that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? That means that he's bringing Righteousness. He's bringing peace. He's bringing shalom. What does shalom mean? It means completeness. It means nothing missing and nothing broken. And so I love that because that's what Jesus is. He is our righteousness. The Bible says that He is our peace that breaks down every wall. Isn't that good news? Say it. Say amen if it's good news. Say oh me if you don't like that. (laughs) Oh, I heard someone back there. No, right. But he's our peace who breaks down every wall. And so here, this is like a shadow and a type of Jesus when we see this right here. So like we can see Jesus all through the, the Old Testament. It's really not old. It's the Torah, right? We say Old and New Testament because we're saying the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. But the Old Covenant wasn't thrown away. It was just fulfilled, right? It's like having a picture. Pic, picture, Like where I come from, it's hard to say you know, uh, did you take a picture or a pitcher? Say, so did you take a picture? No, we got tea in the pitcher, right? Like, no, not the pitcher, a pitcher, you know. So I've had to really learn to um, talk better since I got up here. My wife's like, 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 hey, can you take a picture? It's got tea in it, right? And I'm like, God. So, so a picture, right? It's a picture, right? so, but this is a picture, right? It's fulfilled, right? If it it was like here, but Jesus come and he filled it to overflowing. And now it's not done away with, but it's fulfilled. You guys see what I'm talking about? So the law wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't evil. It's a snapshot of who God is. And, and to fulfill the law, you got to be God, right? How many of us are God, right? None of us, right? So Jesus come in our place and fulfilled it for us, which is good news for, for me, right? I know for some perfect people out there, <laughs> maybe not so much, but for me it was, right? So, so it's funny because we're going to be taking communion here a little bit later. And, and this is where we see Jesus, the type and figure of Jesus, Melchizedek, bringing him. It says he brought bread and wine. Imagine that every sabbath the jewish people celebrate they break the bread they have bread it's called it's not not the matzah bread like you get at passover but it's a challah bread and it's all intertwined and oh man it is so good it's like manna from heaven i don't know what they put in that stuff but my goodness man it is good right and so this is where Melchizedek comes in, and you know what he brings? He brings bread and wine, right? And it says he was priest of God Most High. So, so he's saying, um, saying he's the God Most High. He's the creator Most High. He's the creator of everything. And so then it goes on and says, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, El Elyon. Creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Now he's saying something and Abram's getting it. Because, like, he's, he's meeting in the Valley of Kings and he's got the king of Sodom and all these other kings. And here, here's Abram, right? And um, little did he know that out of his seed would come the king of kings, right? But right here in the midst of it was Melchizedek, right? Right in the mix, midst of it was the king of kings, the type and shadow of the king of kings. Some people think it was Jesus himself, but but whether you think that or not, the fact is it's a type and shadow of Jesus. And here he's sitting in there in the middle of all these kings. And the king of kings comes up and he says, Blessed are you, Abram, by by El Elyon, the creator God most high, he's the one that created this, and created the stars, and created the heavens, and created this. And you found favor with him, right? And he said, and blessed be God most high, because he's the one that delivered the enemies into your hands. See, so much of the time we think that we're getting a victory. We're, we're doing something really great, and everything seems like, wow, look how cool I am. But really, who, who gave us the ability to do that? Who gave us the favor? Who set those things up? It's God, right? It was God's favor in our lives. That done it. Sometimes, like Abram, we, we just went through where he gave his wife away, right? And God blessed him in spite of it. So he had a victory here, and God's, God's blessing him. Then he has a problem, and God still blesses him because God is, is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises and he's given us promises and we can take him at his word because he's faithful. He's true. He can't lie because he he said something. It just happens. Like, I mean, how can you lie if you said that? Right. It's just impossible for God to lie. So here he's like, blessed be Abram by God most high, by El Elyon. That's so powerful. He's like, I'm the creator most high. There's nothing higher than me, and I'm the one who has given you, giving, delivering the enemies into your hand. And then Abraham did something. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Now you're like, oh man, I know where Pastor James is going with this, and you would be wrong, <laughs> Right? What, what was Abram doing? I was like, this is where the tithe comes from, right? This is where, so, so the Jewish people, um, when they think uh, of the 10th, they, they think of everything. Do you know what, what he was saying? Abraham wasn't saying, oh yeah, well it says in the Bible I gotta give 10%, so I'm gonna... No, it wasn't even set right there. There's no, no commandment, no law, nothing. Abraham just out of his heart said, you know something? I'm gonna give you something that's gonna represent everything that I have. He he was connecting with him and saying, wait a second, I know who gave me the victory. I know who, who's bringing forth all these blessings. I know that as long as you're in my life that I'm going to have victory. And do you know what? There's nothing that I don't have that you can't have. So he's like, here, and I'm, I'm going to give you a tenth. And then all the king of Sodom's is like, I'll give you all this booty and all this other stuff. And he's like, I don't want your money. Not only did he give a tenth, but he didn't take all this other stuff because he said, I don't want you to think that you made me rich because I already know I'm rich because I've got the creator most high that's working in and through my life to accomplish something that he promised, that he started. And that's good news. He who began a good work in you is able to complete it. But you see, something's not any better than the person who promises it to you. You hear what I'm saying? It depends on the character of that person who's promising, them, who's saying that. There's some people who tell me that, that, that I, I, lo- I look like a, a horse. And I'd believe them. You know why? Because they'd never lied to me. I know their character, right? And so I can trust that character. And there's some people who could tell me I look like a horse, and I'd tell them, well, you look like the cousin of a horse. <laughs> right? And you're acting like one for telling me that. Actually, that's quite a compliment, actually, if they'd tell me that, Right? And so anyway, but it's only as good as a promiser. And Abraham knew. He's like, these guys are just men. This is just mere men. But I've got El Elyon. I've got the God most high, the creator of everything. And he's saying, hey, I'm breaking bread and, and I'm bringing the wine and I am making a covenant with you. And that's what. We're going to celebrate here in a little bit. We're we're celebrating a covenant that God cut years and years ago. And it started with Abraham. It started with the promise that he gave to Abraham. Right? And so, but Abram said to the actually I'll read on. Then Abram said, Give a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and I have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal. So you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing, but what what by men have eaten, and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to, to Aner, Eskel, and Mamre. Let them have their share. And then something happens to Abram after this. After this, we're in, in Genesis 15.1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. And your very great reward. Right? So God's saying, again, he's telling him, hey, I'm your shield, I'm your reward, I'm your provider. But Abram already had this figured out. He's like, man, I messed up here, and God blessed me. I did this, and God blessed me. I done what's right, and God blessed me. He's like, like God really, really loves me. And he, he got this, got hooked on, on God's love and got hooked on God's trust, and he's like, you know what, I can trust God. I can trust him with my life. I can trust him with what's going on because he's never done me wrong. The Bible says in all things. Do you know what the word all means? It means all things, right? God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He he works it all. And we're seeing evidence of this right here in Abram's life, right? Right? And so Abram knew he had a promise and he knew that God was true and he knew that God was faithful and he knew that he could trust God. Well, why? It's simple, because of the Shema. You're like, the Shema? What's a Shema? Well, it's not big. If it's not big, it's small. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. Shema means here, right? So, so every Jewish person... Um, on the planet that observes, you know, Judaism. I mean, there's a lot of Jewish people that don't even observe anything, too, just like any other um, people, right? But they have, it's called a mezuzah, right? And they stick it on, on the doorpost of their house. And in it is is a small, right? And, and there's some other scriptures, too. But it's, when you go in, right, you're, you're knowing, it says this, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is God. He is one. And then it goes on and says this. Here, I'm going to read it in the Bible just so you know I'm not making stuff up. <laughs> right? You're like, I know you, Pastor James. So, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says this. Here. Oh, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. It says he's one. Now, watch this. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, as I'm reading this, there's so much stuff that's jumping out on me. I don't, like, got enough time to dive into all of it. So, I'm going to have to pick a few things out of here that it's actually going to go along with my text, so you guys don't think I'm just chasing rabbits. Right? So, but it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. And then it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Wow. Now watch this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on on your on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates now go back let's go back to this shmah cuz it's like here now what he's saying he's like when, when you hear this word hear, it doesn't just mean hear with your physical ears. Do you know that we are a spirit? We have a soul and we live in a body, right? We have a hearing that, that like is beyond our physical senses and it's in our spirit. So he's like, hear this in your spirit, O Israel, the Lord, our God, our Elohim, the Yahweh. Is one. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm one. So why could Abram trust him? Why could all Noah trust him? Why could could all these people, Daniel, trust him? Because they knew that God was one. Well, what do you mean that God was one? Well, God to be one means that, that he was one in his heart. He was one in his soul. He's one in our spirit. He's, he's, he's a triune God, right? That we have, have the Trinity, but we have one Godhead, right? And so that's, it's representative of who we're supposed to be. But what he's trying to tell us is, I'm one. I'm one in what I say. I'm one in what I do. And I'm one in what I think. You can trust how I'm thinking about you and what I'm saying lines up. When I say, I got the numbers of your head numbered, he means it. When he says you're the apple of his eye. When he says, says he loves us, he, he, he proved it. And you can't prove it any more than he gave his son, his only son, the one that he loved two thousand years ago. How much more can you think? He's like, like, I love you so much. I want you to know it. I want you to, to experience it. I want you to have every part of me. He said, I'm one. What I'm thinking and what I'm saying is not different. He says, says my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. They're high. Way above. But how do we know what his thoughts are? We go to what he's saying. Why? Because what he's saying and what he's thinking is the same thing. You can trust it. We don't always know why he wants us to do something. But we know when he says it, we can trust him. We can say, you know something, Father? I'm going to trust you because you're good enough and and you've been faithful. And if you have nothing else to go on, you can go on his word alone. And that's good news. So his thoughts, his words, and his actions all line up. And that's pretty important when we're wanting to trust someone. I work with horses all the time. And, and I got a horse. He's so awesome that he knows when I ask him to do something, that what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, he just trusts me. He's just like, you know what? Here. And he just like melts. And he's like, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know whatever you're going to do is going to be good because we're one. And there's no greater feeling than for something or someone to trust you that much. Most people don't trust me that much. Might be because I'm a little honry sometimes. <laughs> but there's no greater feeling than to have that connection. And that's what God's seeking with us. He's like, I want that connection. I want to know you. I want, want to, you to feel my heart and to know that my thoughts They're good. You may not like them. You may not like what I'm doing. But guess what? I'm doing something that's going to be for your benefit. Well, I don't know about that, God. Well, my thoughts and my words and my actions will line up. It's impossible for Him not to. And that challenges me in my life. You're like, oh no, now He's going to start preaching. because now if he's one and the bible says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places that means that we're one with him in fact the bible says as he is so are we in this world so if he's one and Jesus said I I don't do anything apart from my father do you know what he's saying me and my Father are one. When you've seen what Jesus was doing, when you seen Jesus' actions, you knew what the thoughts and the words of the, and the actions of the Father was. you actually seen God's will manifested in, in earth through His Son. And that's pretty cool. So, well, I don't know if that was God's will. The Bible says Jesus went around healing everyone who went to church. Oh, I don't think it said that. He said he went around healing everyone who was perfect. No. He healed everyone that he prayed for, right? There's only one place they ran him out. And he said, I can't do nothing for them, right? And it wasn't because he didn't want to. It's because they didn't let him. And God respected their will, right? But That's God's heart. You can see God's heart. That's what's so awesome about the gospel is because you're seeing the, the um, Torah and the writings and the prophets come alive right before your eyes. Wait a second. This is God's thoughts, act, act, words, and actions coming to life. This is what he was talking about. And a lot of these dudes didn't even see it in the physical, but in the spiritual, they knew. Because they trusted God and they knew that he was one. Is he the one in our life? Is he the one in your life? Is he the one? Man, when I, I first met Linda, I was like, "She's the one. Right? I tell you, it's not that it changed. I don't mean that, right? But God's the one like that. Who else are we going to go to? Who else are we going to trust? What else are we going to put our hope in, but Him? So it says, here, here, and here, that the Lord Yahweh, our Creator, our 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 Elohim, the Yahweh, is one. Love the Lord your God all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength well how do we line up we line up in our heart we line up in our mind and we line up in our actions what does that mean it means what's in our heart and what's in our thoughts become our actions and our all one and they're lined up not through legalism but through spirit right the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. Man, we even got a cheat sheet, man. <laughs> right? It's not fair. Right? It's not fair. Thank God it's not fair. We got like an advantage. Right? And that's why J- Jesus said, greater works shall you do when I go to the Father. Because he made a difference. His sacrifice made a difference. His resurrection made a difference. His life counted for something. And he's like, now I get to live it through you. He goes, I want, I want you to, to, to know me in your heart. And, and I want you to know me in your thoughts. And when that happens, you can't help but to see it in our actions. And it changes who we are. The Bible says that we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's good news. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Upon your what? Hearts. That's about the heart, man. Impress them on on your children. So... How do you impress a heart on your children? Well, let's go get some ink. (laughs) No, he's going to tell us right here. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You know what that means? All a time. Talk about them, right? Because what you're talking about and what you're hearing... Makes a difference. So when you're talking to your kids, that's what they're hearing. The world may be telling them that they're worthless and there's no hope and you're not going to be able to do that. And you're saying, you know what? We have a great God and God's going to bless us when we come in and bless us when we go out. We're the head and not the tail. You're blessed only. and Right? And they hear that. Guess what happens? That drops down into their heart. And when it drops into their heart, all that other stuff gets repelled. Right? So he's saying that. And for us too. Because what what you look at is what you're going to. Right? Wherever you're looking is where you're going. That's why I want to look at Jesus and look and see where he's going. And I know as long as I keep going towards him, I'm going to be fine, right? And then he says this, Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So you're like, what is he talking about, symbol? So, so the Orthodox Jews, a lot of Jewish people have, um, it, it's um, tefillim, and then they got the, the box that goes on the, uh, on, it's like a little box, and they put it on here, literally put it on their forehead. And then they'll like wrap the, man, I know the name of that. Why am I not? <laughs> it's like a black cord, and they wrap it around, and they pray with it. And, it, and it, that's what it, they're going back to. They're saying, see, God, I'm remembering you. Remember this covenant that I have with you, and so, and then it says, write them on the doorframes of your houses and on your gates. Guess where the messesauce come in, right? I know I know some Jewish people that have them on every doorframe in their house, except the bathroom for some reason. <laughs> I guess you can't be blessed in the bathroom, <laughs> but some do, some don't. Just people are weird, right? you know the rabbis have a blessing for everything from washing your hands to even going to the bathroom? Some of them pray about that. I'm like, well, I guess that's everything, yeah. right? Then put it in here. Anyway, sorry, I'll get out of the... Some places I go, forgive me, save all the people in Africa, in the world, Thailand... California, Good Lord. <laughs> when the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities, you did not build houses filled with all kinds of good things. You did not provide wells. You did not dig and vineyards and olive groves. You did not plant. There, are you seeing something about this? Seeing you didn't do it when i bring you into this you didn't do it right something for us to remember when god's blessed where he's blessed us so much but when these walls start exploding out and and god starts doing stuff we're going to remember god because we didn't do it you did it father it was about you not not just in our in our own lives too right See, Pastor James pulling up in a Lamborghini. You're like, Woo-hoo! who did that? Well, God did it. Look at him, you know, or see me in a new suit. Like I'll get one of those slick, cool suits and just look really handsome. And like, look at me, man. God did it. I didn't. Right. Anyway, but whenever we're blessed, no matter who's doing it, no matter how it comes, we know that it comes from God. And that's one of the things we can learn from Abram. And another thing is not be ashamed when God blesses us. Right. Religion will put you down and say, now, you know, you shouldn't be blessed. You should be poor and humble. No, that's not what Scripture says. Right. I can be blessed. But if you are struggling, that doesn't mean that something's wrong either, necessarily. Don't get religious about it. Get spiritual about it and trust God. Right. And he said and he says houses filled with all kinds of good things. You did not provide wells. You did not dig, and that's obvious. I hate digging. I wouldn't dig one. <laughs> and vineyards and olive, olive groves, almost at Olive Gardens. You did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now, everyone talks about the Shema as a command. But to me, it's a promise, right? What happens when the command turns into a promise? What's the result? What do we see? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's a great question, guys. <laughs> really good question. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says this. talks about compassion is promised to those who who return to God. And then it talks about when, when all these blessings and curses I have set before you come upon you and you take them to heart wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I commanded you, then the Lord will restore your fortunes. And have compassion on you and gather you again from all nations where he scattered you. Do you see what's happening? It went from a command to a promise. He's like, If you'll just seek me with all your heart, if you'll just trust me with all your all your heart, with all your thinking, with all your then all your doings gonna work out anyway. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know what the basis of all sin is? Unbelief. Right? Why? Because when 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 Satan come to tempt Eve, he said, "Hath God said?" So what? It? She didn't believe what God said. Right? So here God saying, "Trust me with all your heart. Trust me with all your soul. Trust me with all your mind. And then watch what I'm going to do. Even if you're going through bad things, watch what I'm going to do." That. He says, even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your fathers, and you will take possession of it. Who will take possession of it? You will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. The Lord your God... Will circumcise your hearts. Wait a second. Who's going to do it? We just see it, seen the Lord it, it, we just seen it different in, in did I take my marker out? In Deuteronomy chapter six, Hear, O Israel, these are the commandments I give you, right? Today are to be upon your hearts. Love the Lord God. With all your heart, mind, and so And now he, something's changed because he's saying the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. Do you know what he's saying? I'm going to do something in your heart that you can't do for yourself. That's what Jesus done, man. We can't love him with all of our heart and with all of our thoughts and with all of our actions without God's help and his love and in his empowerment. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. To do otherwise is the biggest insult to God ever. Because we're saying, oh, I can do that. You did it, God. I can do it. I can. (laughs) Right? God's saying, I love you so much, I'm going to circumcise your hearts. And then he goes on. This is good news if you have kids. Right? In the hearts of your descendants. So that you may love him. With all your heart. And with all your soul. And then he says this. So now we're talking about our thoughts. And and our words. Right? And now we're talking about life. Our feelings. Like our emotions. Right? He's like, I'm going to circumcise you and all that. He's going to cut off all the dead, icky, useless stuff. And he says now... You're going to have my heart. Watch what I'm going to do. Because I'm going to do a great thing in your life. If you'll just trust me. If you'll just give your life to me. If you'll just surrender to me, because I'm a good God. And then it says this this is where the command becomes a promise. Because a command without God's help just puts us back under the law. You hear what I'm saying? And we're not under the law. It says, the Lord your God will put these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. Whew. That's not me. You'll again obey the Lord and follow all his commandments I am giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you the most prosperous In all the work of your hands and the fruit of your wombs, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land, the Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your fathers. And then it says, if you obey the Lord your God and keep his commandments and decrees that are written in the book of law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Do you think he's trying to say something? How do you think he's like, like hey, they, they might need a clue down there in Texas. They have this Longhorn football team, and they stink, man. They're always getting beat up by Oklahoma, and they don't have any more sense than to beat them, you know. So anyway, they're going to really need to hear this over and over and over and over to get them. I hope some of my Texas friends are watching because I love picking on them. Right? There's a cord that's running through here, and it's pretty powerful to me, because God's about the heart. He's like, you ever hear someone say, well, let's just get to the heart of something? That's what he's doing. He's getting to the heart of it. And then I love, he he goes on and talks about, about blessings for people who don't even, um, <clears throat> who aren't even with with God, right? <laughs> Yeah, that they choose to be with Him. And so it goes on and on and on. There's so much, there's so much life in this Word. That if we can remember, when God gives a command, He's really given us a promise. He's saying, because I'm going to empower you if you'll rest in me. Right? This is the Sabbath rest that He gave us. What is that rest? That we have Jesus. We rest in him. We don't don't work work for rest. we work from rest and it changes our life. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.solverlakebaptist.org.